There is another podcast. There's another podcast that we're doing. Never going to stop. I'm Griffin. I'm David. Welcome to Griffin and David Percent Return of the Podcast. We're, we're back after three days. After three days. <laughs> uh, you didn't think we'd come back, but we returned. We returned hardcore. <laughs> um, much much like Return of the Jedi. You know, the, like the, the dangling threads at the end of Empire Strikes Back are like, don't worry, we're doing another movie. It's true. And we did the same thing with Empire. We are like, don't, with Podcast Strikes Back. We are like, don't worry, we're coming back. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. We'll return. And we'll be here soon, sooner rather than later. A uh, little table dressing, because I think this is going to- we're, we're sitting at a dress table right now. It's got a, a red Christmas tarp. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Yep. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Just oh. making it a little seasonal for you There's y'all. Ben. That's me. AKA- Are we going to do them all? Santa yeah. Haas. Ooh. <laughs> That's not even I love that. a pun. Santa Haas. If I say- <laughs> Oh, I guess it's kind of a- Santa hunk, Claus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Santa Haas. All right. The he's, Ben Deucer. He's put a Christmas tarp over the table. I have, yeah. He's looking festive as shit. I think he's trimmed uh, his one of facial those, hair. Yeah, I, I was going to say cleanly shaved, but it's not cleanly shaved. There's no nope, stubble. Nope. No, it's- I got a neck beard going. Yeah. Uh, I'm wearing one of those fun hats with the mistletoes dangling in front of me, like, you know? Yeah, so everyone has to kiss Ben. We both tongue kiss Ben when yep. we walked in. And oh, yeah. yeah. A tender kisser, and he respected our boundaries, but still, it felt like a little bit of an abuse of power to even put us in that situation. No, I mean he's kind of our boss. He is our boss. He's yeah. the hoss. He's the hoss. He's the boss. Santa hoss class boss. All right. A.K. producer Ben. A.K. producer mm. Ben. A.K. the Ben Deucer. A.K. the poet laureate. A.K. Hello Fennel. All right. The you peeper. give me a kiss. A.K. Mr. Mr. Positive. All mm. right. Return of the podcast. Here Return we the are. podcast. We're gonna discuss Star Wars Episode Six. Yeah, and this is the table dressing I just want to do. This episode should be coming out December. 17th, Thursday. <laughs> Ben's so amused. December 17th, right? I don't know why he's so amused. Why are you so amused? You always get so mad because you just want to get into it. Come on, let's get it's like, it. like, all right, come on. It's like 20 minutes in. We're still talking about I have been complimented for, yeah, for uh, yelling about this stuff by uh, fans of the podcast. Yeah, people like you yelling and people like me talking about sex stuff. All um, right. Thursday, December 17th. Yeah, This December should be 17th. dropping. That is the day mm. that J.J. Abrams, first day, Star Wars, the Force Episode Awakens. 7, The Force Awakens, comes out. Although it doesn't seem to be using the Episode 7 in like in the advertising. No, I'm hoping they do in the crawl. Probably. Because I like episodes mm-hmm. of podcasts. Yes, me Like too. this one. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. To quote uh, yeah. the fighting in the war room. Uh, you know, I, I like to think of movies as the first podcast. Carry on. Anyway, you're catching us on the last yeah. day- Mm-hmm. That you and I will have not seen that film. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I just want to capture that moment. Yeah. This is us looking at what was up until now chronologically the last Star Wars movie. Yeah, on the final day before we know what happens. Next. For years, this was the last Star Wars movie. Yeah. This was the they wrapped it all up. His weird roundabout order. This was released in 1983. George yeah. says it wasn't finished. He tinkered. He re-released it in 1997, and then episodes one, two, and three came out. For anyone who's jumping in on this episode first, we only knew that Phantom Menace existed. We watched that one, and then one by one discovered the other movies in chronological order. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's this thing that we did. Just, uh, just you know, this is a great entry point episode for new fans, and I want to set the table properly. Go on. Have you dressed the table Properly. Yeah, Star is it Wars dress? Episode Six. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah. This is the movie that wraps it all up. 
We have six Until episodes. Until we see a different movie tomorrow. Yeah, but... Uh, I mean, like, in terms of the, the arc that starts with Phantom Menace, the Anakin Skywalker story, yeah. it concludes here. Or maybe it doesn't. We don't know. <laughs> it does. I think it does. There's This is definitely, I mean, this... I don't the, think there's going to be any Anakin Skywalker in, in the next one. I don't know. All right, all right. This is the sequel trilogy, right? The yeah. second Star Wars trilogy. At the very least... This trilogy is complete. There's a there's a clean story being told in these three films. There's a different clean story being told right, in the OT, right, right, the Phantom right. Menace trilogy. I'm just saying, how dare you come out and say the story's done? It's done. The, the, the Anakin story concludes in, in 14 Return of the hours. Jedi. We're going to see a new movie. The Anakin story and George Lucas's story concludes. Yes, here. this concludes George Lucas's story. Yeah. I will give you that. Yeah. But he says in interviews, like, oh, it's like the, the six movies are really this big. It's Anakin. It's like the rise and fall and redemption of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, but now he's got kids. All right. Anyway, carrying on. Kids are going to be in the new movie. And they're not kids anymore. They're grownups. I know. They're grownups in these movies. Yeah, but they're going to be more grown up. Yeah. Should we read that Abrams quote? Yeah. I mean, let's not, you know, I, I, we, we don't want to speculate too much about what's going to happen this week. Yeah, week we're here we're to so talk close about to it. Retoin of the Jedi, but go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I've been having uh, a lot of panic attacks this week. Let me get the opening uh, crawl. Just uh, uh, with my, wrapping my head around the entire state of the Star Wars universe between the things that we're re-watching and analyzing and the things we're about to see. I'm pumped up. I am too. It's I'm just a up. weird time. Kind of weird you're losing sleep over it. I'm losing sleep. Uh, all right, so Abrams in a Rolling Stone interview was quoted with saying, I want to make something worth people's time and not a commercial for toys. It's a burn. Ouch. That's a burn. He Bernie, Bernie Sanders uh, right, up, right up on George's uh, grill. Yep. Return of the Jedi, the completion of, of George Lucas's original story. Not directed by George Lucas. Not, directed by Richard Marquand. Marquand? Yes. Marquand? Marquand, I think. Marquand, yeah. Q-U-A-N-D. Uh, a the man, director of Jagged Edge. Right. Um, that was made after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, up until Return of the Jedi, he had mostly done documentaries. Yeah, kind of an odd choice. I think he'd done two scripted films before. And from what I've read, he was not that involved in the visual effects side of this movie. Kind of like, seems like Apparently Lucas did a lot of second unit directing. He yeah. did a lot of visual effects helping. Yeah. There's this famous quote, which is like, it's Marquand said, is it Marquand or Marquand? Who knows? Said it's trying like trying to direct King Lear with Shakespeare in the next room, basically. Yeah, like, I which... think he kind of half directed this movie. Yeah, I mean George Lucas said he was really good with the actors, uh, which is like actually like it's kind of a compliment I think from George. I think it's George yes. saying like I'm not the best with the actors. I you think know, he... like it's a slight yeah. admittance of of that. I will say I I think the performances in this one are not as good as they were in Empire. Well, the script's a lot weaker. And this yes. we're gonna say this movie's unfortunately, in my opinion, Empire's a little better than New Hope, and New Hope's a little better than uh, the prequel trilogy. Uh -huh. and by a little better, I mean a lot better. Uh, but infinitely. I would say this one's a little worse. This is a little worse. I, mean, I really enjoy. This is what we really that. have to talk about today. Okay, uh, Star Wars: A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back are pretty terrific, universally revered films. You know, two and thumbs up. The people who don't like them are sort of making a stand. Like, it's a political statement to not like those movies. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, no, sure. I, obviously sure. No, it's there's, contrary. There's no it's thing that everyone mass likes. Opinion. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people really like them, people and people like, like them on a deep too. reading level. Little children are, are sure. you know. But uh, Return of the Jedi. Has always been viewed as, like, a little bit the black sheep of the family. Well, I think it's, 
I think you can see, like people say, see maybe seeds that are planted here that come to fruit in the prequel. I agree. Movies. And the I, original I think trilogy. you mean the original trilogy. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, you definitely see as the film. This movie came out in 1983. 83. Yeah. Uh, Phantom Menace came out in 1999. And you see the the things, the machinations starting to come into place. A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. A little bit. And it's a little rough around the edges. I think this movie gets too much of a bad shake. I, I would agree with that. Now, there are a couple factors at play here. Uh, one, it's very hard for me to, with this film in particular, um, be objective and just view Why? it because this is exactly the kind of movie I loved the most as a kid. I was going to say the same thing. This was my favorite Star Wars movie when I was a kid. That, I hate bits and like yeah, yada, yada, yada. That, that but is like, true. This was absolutely I hit the my bell taking the fucking Because you were on the, on the mark on that one. Um, there's a bell in the room. Uh, Christmas bells. Uh, Santa Haas. Um, that, no, this is what I was going to say. Like, bits aside, yes, I just remember that I watched this movie as a child yeah, and it yeah, was yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. of the three. Right, yeah. But that's, there's a bigger point I'm trying to get at here. Which is the things that differentiate this film from the previous two, if you could bottle them, are also the elements I most looked for in a film in general as a child. Yeah, but... It's my type of movie that I grew up feeling the most strongly about. I fucking love Muppets, as you know. Yeah, it's very Muppety, this movie. It's very Muppety. Um, very Muppety. Even the, just the, the tone of it. Um, it's got a different tone yeah, it does. than yeah, that's true. the other two, I would argue. You know, it's a lot more sort of like smooth and rounded. Yeah. Um, I really liked Conclusions. Oh, right. It's a movie As that a wraps child, everything up the pretty nicely. Only one a that, little like, too nicely. A little too nicely, but I it's got a lot to talk about, the only actually. one of the three that ends. Yeah. But but even just- Nah, Star Wars ends. Uh, New Hope. That ends. Yeah. That has a definitive ending. It's, it's the only one of the three that- um, I'm not gonna say the only one of the three, but just aesthetically, uh, tonally, um, the the vibe of the movie. It's like the types of movies that I used to rewatch on video over and over again as a child. Weird British like sci-fi fantasy, like things. Like crawl. Not even crawl. I'm thinking about, but like there were just you a just lot said of movies. British sci-fi. So I was <laughs> yeah, I just remember seeing, and I couldn't even name all these, but just like a lot of things that used to replay on TV over and over again on like nascent cable channels that only had six movies in rotation. Yeah. So I'd watch the same thing over and over again. I mean, you know, much like uh, uh, Dark Crystal and Labyrinth, neither of which I think are great movies. Movies I admire a lot. I would say Dark Crystal is pretty great. Labyrinth I, is okay. I like both of them yeah. very, very deeply. Yeah. I'm saying I don't think under like intense scrutiny yeah, all right, all right, the films sure. hold up. Right. But that type of world that is created in that movie and the vibe of it and everything is like what I would, you know. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi has that feeling. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. And okay. then we can talk the first 30 minutes of it I think are perfect. They're pretty great. I wouldn't call them perfect because there's some, some business in them that I, I don't know. They're my favorite 30 minutes of any Star Wars movie. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. But we it, they're go great. into it, but I'd, that's All what right, I would say. I'm going to read the opening crawl. Okay. Episode 6, Return of the Jedi. Boom. Luke Skywalker has returned to his home planet of Tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. Already we're answering questions. Who's the Jedi returning? Luke, done. Uh, true. We're not going to tease this out for you. Yeah, he's the. it's the return. Like yeah, it. so is it... I guess it's just singular. 
There's no other Jedi in this movie. Well, I think the idea is, is that the, he also represents yeah, like the, the idea Jedi of a Jedi. Yeah. The idea of a Jedi has been dead for so long. He, he is the Jedi who's returning, but with him he also brings the promise of a, a new Jedi order, perhaps. And so, and we know, you know, Han Solo, that was it, the biggest dangling thread. He got captured by Jabba right. the Hutt. Luke's trying to rescue him. And, and we like that Wild guy. gangster. We like what? We like Han Solo. He's, he's a good character. He's a good character. Ben, agreed? Oh, right. I love me some Han Solo. All right, I'm moving to the second paragraph. Okay. Little does Luke know that the Galactic Empire has secretly begun construction on a new armored space station even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. Oh, interesting. I can't even imagine what this thing would look like. Something that's more <laughs> a- akin to, but yeah, more... I see where you're going. Okay. Yes. When completed, this ultimate weapon will spell certain doom for the small band of rebels struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. Ah, oh, geez, a game changer, an entirely different type of weapon. No. I'm so excited right. to see I what see this thing the bit is. That you are doing, yes. Yeah, so the, 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 it's just another Death Star. Oh, okay. It's it's just it's it's like a half built one. It looks kind of cool, but it's half built. But it just looks like they're gonna make it look the same as the first. I mean, one. It it's looks just, like when it's finished, it's it's Death Star shaped. Okay, but it looks a, a little different. Does it have a cool new name? Death Star. Death Star Two. Oh. I mean, yeah. It's just. It's just. It's this. got this like sort of. It looks like scaffolding or like yeah. crenellation. You know. I thought that was just it being unfinished. And it is. Yeah. I know. I just. It's kind of cool. I just would it's love to see a fucking mad TV sketch pitch here. But I, I you know, I'd love to see like oh oh the, the business meeting where they're like, okay, guys, we all agree. Uh, I'm actually going to cut this off right away. This we is need, the worst. We need a no. new no one wants to see weapon. Those. Thumbs up. <laughs> uh. Call me crazy, bad I, bad joke pitch. Uh, what if we just did the Death Star again? Yeah, Death Star Two. I think it's <laughs> it's interesting because I want to talk about the Death Star. Thank you, Ben. No, it's not funny. Thank you, Ben. Uh, I I, I, don't I know. think I thought... it's supposed to be bigger. Sure. Than the previous Death Star. I looked this up on Wikipedia. Okay. It is listed as being, uh, thirty kilometers bigger okay. on either side. Okay. Which is big. Yeah. But. It looks smaller because mm-hmm. it's next to this moon that's like way bigger than it. Location, location, location. That's what you're saying. Well, because if you're in gonna the make first yourself look movie, bigger, don't sit next to a moon. In Star Wars A New Hope, yeah. when they see it, they think it's a moon. Right. And then in this movie, it is like a tiny satellite of a moon. Well, and it always weirded me out. No, I think that's a little bit of kindness that they don't want people to mistake it for a moon anymore. They go next to a moon, and they're like, we're still big. We just want you to know we want to have your lines cleared. This is not a moon. We're a killer ship. Have fun. Sorry. Um, So there's a new new Death Star. Death Star 2. It's literally called the Death Star 2. And and what I I do like, so, uh, and I wrote a piece about Admiral Piet this week because he's my favorite character. um, Big fan of Admiral Piet. Yeah, yeah, on theatlantic.com. And, uh... I like that in this, <laughs> almost pretty much like the first scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Is it the first scene in the movie? He comes in real fast. Is Vader arriving on this Death Star? Yeah, and literally being like, "Come on, guys!" Like tapping his watch. Yeah, it's watch. the first scene. Yeah, it's the yeah, classic. Like, What's yeah. the deal? You're, you're behind schedule. Like yeah. you know, you he you almost wanted to be talking to like a union crew. Like it's yeah. almost it's beginning to get that sense of George Lucas like griping. Yeah. At you know, I mean, the Trade Federation Systems. is him griping, griping at his tax bill, right? Yeah, like right. this where he's like. Ah, these fucking, you know, they don't build quickly enough. Yeah. They don't obey. And so Darth Vader arrives, and the guy's like, eh, I'm trying. And Darth Vader's like, well, the Emperor's going to show up. And that, the guy, that's all the guy needs to hear. He's like, don't worry about it. We'll redouble our efforts. Yeah. 
I don't know. I it's don't a great scene. I like the, the 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 fear the emperor brings, and I love. I just love how lame everyone else in the empire is. Everyone yeah. else in the empire is just a sad bureaucrat trying to obey the commands of an evil space wizard. And Admiral Piet's obviously the best one of them all, and he's on the big star destroyer. But you know, you are pitching a uh, Galactic Empire workplace comedy oh, to TV I, I land tomorrow night. To, yeah. I have wanted that to exist for so long. Absolutely, I think yeah. it would be so funny. But uh, whatever, I don't know. Life in the Empire. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be the like life in any kind of like Empire type thing. That'd no, be a but great... it should be this specifically. It should be canon. <laughs> um, did you finish reading the crawl? Yeah, I finished reading. The okay, crawl. so we're done with the crawl. Under the ship, the classic shot. We get on the ship. It's Darth Vader tapping his watch. Yeah. Okay, and then we cut. We hard cut. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To Tatooine. To Tatooine. Yeah. Once again, this movie has a weird plot structure where it's like, yeah, you got that little intro. Yeah. And then it's like this block on Tatooine, mm-hmm. and then it's the final set piece, basically. Yes. Which is like takes like a day or two. Yeah. Like I, I guess in like movie time. Yeah. But I mean, it's basically just like. After Tatooine, it's just like, all right, we got to blow up the Death Star and kill the Emperor and do all the stuff. Like, let's do it. And then that's it. I would argue, uh, despite the fact that I'm going to spend most of this episode defending this movie that is not terrifically plotted. No, it's not. It no. was written by Kasdan and Lucas. And Lucas has co-writing credit on this. He's back. Yeah. He's back. Story by Lucas, yeah. screenplay by Lucas and Kasdan. So, um, yeah, I mean, like... It's it's just it's trying to wrap everything up in a big bow. Yes, uh, we but get also to... spend a lot of time with teddy bear people. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, so Tatooine, C three PO, R two D two, our it's main like, guys. Oh, you know, here they are, just like the first, uh, just like a New Hope. I like they're, that. They're... We're seeing once again things from their eyes. Bumbling they don't know around. what's going on. Yeah, right. it's really. I agree with you. It's really good. And I like that there are all these gaps. We're starting at a point where we don't really understand what's happened since the last time we saw our characters. Yeah. We know from the crawl the main things that are trying to be accomplished. Well, here. we know Jabba has Han Solo. That's and, about and it. And Luke is a Jedi now. You know, yeah. but other than that, we don't know. C-3PO and R2-D2 roll in, knock on the door. There's like a robot eyeball bouncer. Y- yeah, yeah. Coming Remember, the we, we only have about an hour. They get through. <laughs> You're seeing, once again, oh man, collection I, of great Star Wars aliens That's in the what background. I like. When they get there, yeah. it's like a scary atmosphere. Yep. There's all these weird aliens. It's like a huge club in the middle of the desert. Like you just see a wall. It's like you don't a see windows. Sex. Yeah. S and M dungeon. That's run why by I wanted to talk slug. about the eyeball bouncing. Yeah, the eyeball bouncing. Because it feels like a speakeasy cool. thing. And You're like, what's like, going on behind here? These sort of like, like boars with axes, like these Gamorian medieval guards. boars. Yeah. So they're like the guards. Yes. You've got um. Oh, uh, Fortuna. Fortuna, Fortuna, who's sort of the major domo. Yeah. Who we've seen in we see in. Ja- he's in Jabba's like, box. Yeah, for like half a second. Right. Yeah. Much bigger part in this one. Yeah. I I like. Is Biff Fortuna male or female, or is that just sort of I not? Think male. He kind of has a male face. I think he was played by a male actor, but he's got these sort of long fingernails. He's sort of. I like him. He's sort of androgynous. No. No, no need for us to yeah. be so binary. I, Bib Fortuna is Bib Fortuna. And uh, I I I like. I just like you're seeing the procedures of Jabba's palace. Yeah. Right. Like you're you're greeted by guards, you're greeted by Biff Fortuna, and then you're like led into this like stinky den that's got like a band, it's got like weird hey, sex hey, slaves. Hey, hey, not just any band. Okay. Talking about Max Rebo band. Yeah, the Max Rebo yeah. band. Ooh, let's just be on the level here. Ben's favorite band of all time. Ben is <laughs> Love currently this band. Now, wearing it, a it, leather it, Max Rebo <laughs> band jacket. 
with patches on the back from every separate tour date he's gone to. Ben's sort of a, a fish head for Rebo. He follows them so, on the road. Right. So he some of the Max, CDRs right, of their yes, live yes. shows. So some of the Max Rebo band members, you've got Max Rebo's the sort of like uh, little kind of furry bug guy who's like, ah, do that, ah, like that. Is I that him? I believe Max Rebo is the blue elephant. No, that's Size Noodles. Then Max Rebo. Oh, no, maybe you're right. Maybe that is Max Rebo. Uh, let's see. Now I have to look it up. Oh, okay, now I got it. Max Rebo's the elephant He's guy. The elephant. Nailed it. Okay. Uh, so who's Size Snoodles again? Is he like the one who's playing like Snice, a clarinet? Size Snoodles is this dude. No, that's a lady. Yep. All right. right. Okay. Yeah, so size she's noodles size noodles. with the puckered asshole with the yeah, mouth. She's, who's she's like, a oh, bummer. She's a huge bummer. She's a bummer. She's because there's this huge CGI sequence where she sings. Yeah. And like her mouth, like kind of like. Like, kind of looks at the camera almost. Yeah, she's like the Sammy Hagar of this band. She's the one that like took them down from where they were. Yeah, she's like Fergie. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, she's she's a bummer. I don't like her. I don't like their song. Yeah. The only thing I really like about the Max Rebo band is Max Rebo, I guess, the elephant. Max Rebo will Because he has this really cool like piano that encircles him. Like, Uh, Droopy McCool. Oof, what a name. What a name. Which one's Droopy McCool? Droopy McCool is like white, like white as a sheet of paper, and he looks like those, um, Oh, he's one of the brain guys. He looks like a a shrimp. No, he's no. like he's got like he looks like a like a pillowcase. Um, <laughs> he looks like a pillow. He looks like a pillowcase. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. He does. Uh, but this is this is a thing to immediately talk about, and and we're gonna have to talk about this more on this episode. Okay. Okay. And you're gonna hate where this is going. Yeah, oh, Drew McCool plays the the thing, and he looks like a pillowcase. Oh, that's Drew McCool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, he's the one who plays the weird clarinet. Okay. He's the one who plays the weird clarinet, and okay. he looks like a pelican. Okay. Uh, I don't know what the little uh, furry guy's name is. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's established. What, ben, what are you laughing at? Droopy's actual birth name is a series of unpronounceable flute-like whistles. Great. Oh, that's cool. What are you getting so to? So he's like I'm Donald Duck like... Dunn what are you in getting the Blues to? Bros. They had to give him a fun name so that people could remember him. Oh, my God. <laughs> what are you getting to? What you, what what's the this film? Oh my God. I'm no, because kill you're gonna everyone be, in this room. You're gonna be even angrier when I what? start saying what I'm going to say. So I'm trying to figure out the way to make you least mad. George Lucas fucked with this movie a lot in the '90s. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, the like, most of the three. Yeah, we know that George considers that the films weren't done until the '90s. That the special editions are the definitive versions. They're yeah, always right. what he well, intended. Well, no, but then he messed with them more. Like. This He's never he going to stop messing The 97 with version is not, because he kept adding to it. Yes. And he kept messing with well, it. Well, the point is no work is ever finished, and as an no, artist, sh- you just have to step away. Sh- yeah. This movie's got a lot of bullshit in it. Yeah. I mean, it's got some bullshit for sure. I would argue more than the other two in this trilogy. The uh, other movies don't have any bullshit in them. A New Hope has the Jabba scene. Oh, yeah. Right. Which well, is he added bullshit. That too. Yeah. That's right. awful. That's yeah. what I'm talking about in terms of bullshit. No, yeah. I'm talking sure. about the modern. But I'm saying this movie, yeah, no, but even the 1983 version of this movie is a lot I'm of bullshit. I'm talking just now. about the modern right, bullshit. Okay. That's the spotlight I want to put on right now. Okay. Okay. All right. In terms of the modern updated bullshit, this has the most of it. Yeah. Okay. There are less like story What's your changes. Point? What's your point? Well, this fucking musical performance yeah. in the 1983 version was entirely different. Yeah, right, because uh, it was all puppets. I, I, I have seen it, but it's been a long time. And the song is different. Right. And the scene is structured differently. Right. And they add Sai Soodles, who was in the original version. They make all CGI now. And then they add this new, like, guy who looks like a fucking termite. Yeah, Who yeah. looks That's like a whammy. Like, ah! 
He's like a furry whammy yeah, from Yeah, he looks Presser like a whammy. <laughs> and he moves like, like Joe Cocker. Okay. And they have this dumb shot where he's singing, and then he goes like, ah! and yeah, his yeah. mouth like swallows yeah, the he's camera. Got, yeah, yeah. He's as sort of, if he's aware that he's in a movie. Sure. In a film that otherwise, throughout this trilogy, has been so cinematically classical, he's like fucking with you like you're watching Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, uh-huh. and is doing like calm yeah, response But he's stuff. not doing it. It's like whatever tech person he hired to do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's the problem. No, I'm saying this character. Oh, okay, fine. All right, get is, to your point. What's your point? I don't get what your point is. Apart from that this scene is annoying, which it is. Oh my god, what? You're gonna get so angry. What? So that happens. A, a lot of these scenes, the ships are redone, you know? There uh-huh. are various creatures in the back that are clearly CGI. Yeah, the right. Sarlacc pit, which we're getting to. Like, Ugh. more than the other two Just films. always embellishing. Embellishing always, on everything. But all these yeah. little things, you know? There's one establishing shot outside Jabba's palace where you just see like, yeah, a frog like a thing, and like eats eat a something. thing. Like, yeah. You yeah. don't fucking need it. Okay. What? I'm going to murder you. We don't have much time. George Lucas was married to Marshall. No, I don't Luke. care about this. No, you do. This uh, is important. I have I to get to this. about this. What? Just do it quickly. I want to talk about this movie. She edited all three original films. Yeah, I know. She did win an Oscar. I confirm that. She won an Oscar for the for first one. For the film. first one. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they got divorced shortly after Return of the Jedi. Sure. Married the man who installed the stained glass window at Skywalker Ranch. Yeah, for people who didn't listen to our... Revenge of the Sith live episode that was discussed there. George Lucas had to walk under that archway every single day when he went into work, made by the man who now Maybe was... they're on good terms, though. Do we know? No. He uh, refuses to acknowledge her ever, all right. has had her wiped from, like, all the, like, documentaries and books about it. Like, all right, all right. she's persona non grata, despite the fact that she not only edited all three films, but, like, helped develop the scripts with him, was a big creative, like, consult for him. She's no longer talked about, period. She yeah. has been stricken from the record. Is she alive? She is alive. She, okay. she kind of is a recluse. She just kind of takes it easy. She produced yeah. a short film in 1996. Her last editing job ever was Return of the Jedi. Like, no one really knows what she's up to. She married the stained glass window guy for 10 years. They divorced. No one really knows what okay. she's up to. go on. She got $50 million in divorce. So she's fine. She's What's fine. your point? Like, she was the one who was kind of keep reining him in? Is that your point? Well, yes. And that's, I think I've hit that note hard enough throughout the series. Yeah. But this is a huge thing, okay? George Lucas, um, I do think we have learned throughout watching all these movies, uh, has really bad judgment. Uh-huh. Perhaps good instincts and bad judgment. Uh-huh. And so he looked at these original films had the wrong idea of why people liked them, why they worked, yeah. and then reverse engineered. I don't agree. I think that he just has ILM and just wanted to mess with them. He just likes it. I th- it just makes him happy. I think Colin may calm down. Oh my God. I also think when you hear him talk about it, he defends the movies in ways that don't make any sense, and he essentially goes, if you don't like it, it's because you don't understand. But you know what? I'm going to speak up for George Lucas here. Yeah. He made some fucking movies yeah. that are great, Yes, and we constantly yell at him all the time about the things he did, the things he changed, the things we don't like, the new movies he made, and he's just, like, he's never giving an interview when people aren't like... Well, what about this? What about this? And he has to come up with something. You know, he makes what he does what he wants to do. I agree. And I have been, you know, as bad as anyone at this uh, in terms of personally yelling at his face twice on two consecutive episodes. Like, let's just fucking get over it. That's not the point I'm trying to get at. What are you trying to get at? Oh, my God. 
He it's thought the films minutes. weren't finished because he has these effects that he couldn't realize in his head what he wanted to look like. Right, right. And all this bullshit in the background and whatever. And so the movies are done 83. She divorces him. He goes and does other stuff for a while. He comes back in the 90s and goes, I'm making more Star Wars. I'm making the first three and I'm releasing special editions. And they come out and people go, oh, all these changes are kind of weird. I mean, I remember in, originally people were kind of like, all right, you know, yes. like especially 97. They like, took a little while to sink in. Yeah. Why do I think they sunk in? Because because he made the prequels and nobody liked them. Bigger thing. All right. He then never let people see the original movies ever again. Well, right. Of course. Yes. The 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 only hit on him is he should just let people see the original movies. Every time someone has done that, has gone back well, and revised their work. Into, like, what is this? A nerd podcast? We're no, just this is work. huge, uh, David. This is huge. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. What? What? They've is allowed it? the original version to exist, and yeah. he's been steadfast about it. And when the Library of Congress asked to induct Star Wars in. He gave him a 35 millimeter print of the 1997 special edition. That's such. I don't care. Devastating. Guys, I'm on the record. I don't give a shit about any of this. Finish your point. David, do you know what I figured out while watching the movie last night? What did you figure out? While watching through to the end credits? What? Do you know that with these new special editions, the only versions that he allows to be legally released, Mm -hmm. and the only time Mm -hmm. he's released the original versions in any form in the last 15 years was as special features. Not classified yeah, yeah, as their own yeah, movies yeah. on a DVD that was available. He did editions, special editions, where they were bonus discs, special features, hidden under the menu, only available for three months. I'm going to kill you. In the end credits, it reveals that not only do the special editions have, like, different, uh, you know, the crew to remaster and yeah. the new effects team, but a different editor. Okay. Okay. This, uh, this is your big reveal? That by establishing a different cut of the film. <laughs> All right. Yes, yes. He Marshall hates Lucas his wife, his ex-wife. Is never, ever entitled to make All right. any residuals. Uh, she no longer has points in the film. Okay. You think it's all just a big revenge fuck against Marshall Lucas? I think he genuinely thinks it looks better with these oh. stupid butthole oh, creatures. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. But I also think a man who is not driven... So mad by the failure he feels uh-huh. to make that relationship work, would not say, "Hey, no one can ever watch those movies ever again. They don't exist." Pretend that he doesn't even have the elements to restore them. Has anyone even ever done no that before? No, that's such a weird thing to do. Right. Yeah. I want to go on the record. I don't support this theory. I don't care about it at all. Marsh Lucas is like Godfather Three is bad. Yeah, yeah. Somebody should fix that movie. Let's just start fixing all the movies. Yeah. Well, no, I mean you know I agree what? that the, you can't fix movies the movie. Are just let time. let them stand. Let's update I agree. Casablanca and but have I also, cell phones. In. I hate nerds, and they're always complaining. And it's like, dude, just whatever. It's okay. I'm not angry Take what he gives at you. George, I empathize with him. I understand this is a wounded oh man. We have to talk about this movie. Fine. I'm going to they nail to you to Palace. a cross. It's crazy. It's awesome. Ben, cut all of that it's out. The I swear to God. Space we've ever seen. I actually oh might God. cut some of that out. Yeah. That no, was I'm crazy. cutting none of that out. Oh, no. my God. The okay. cantina. We thought the cantina was bad. Rebo. I'm so mad at Griffin right now. It's crazy this how is mad important. I am I'm so mad about this. This is what people tune in to hear about. Oh, my God. I just wanted to talk about stupid Return of the Jedi. We're talking about it. What I'm here trying to talk about Return right, of the Jedi. I'm going to bring us and back. And you're talking about not liking me. Hey guys. How yeah. is that productive? Guys, what did you think of Leia's outfit? Too fast. Too fast. We okay, can't go sorry, there yet. Sorry. Jabba's palace is awful. Uh-huh. It's filled with scum. Yeah. It's like the cantina times a billion. Yeah. We knew that Jabba was in charge of Tatooine, that the Huts ran it. But we didn't know that they were like actual monsters. 
I'm not talking physical appearance. I'm talking in behavior, right? So he's this dude sitting on a throne, drinking grape juice. He's got a little creature laughing next to him all the time. And a bunch of women chained up, and he's making them dance all the time. he drops them into pits and kills them. Why are you in such a bad mood Because I just hate that Marshall Lucas shit so much. It's so important. I really genuinely hate it. It's not. Yes, it is. Because I think you can just invent anything. Like, you know, it's like, I don't like reading into that stuff. I I hate it. it's super important. I think films should stand on their own merits. That's it. I don't care about, like, behind the scenes too much. I, you know, it's interesting. I but like hearing about We are about not it. just a podcast. I love You Must Remember This. We're yeah. not just a love podcast the talking the about these movies. We're trying to make uh, sense of the entire thing around these films. I think it was actually a good time. Let's uh, cut to a commercial break. Are Great. we going to have commercial breaks now? Yeah. This episode is the start of this? Yeah. This All might right. be the last episode we ever do. Okay, let's play the commercial break. Wait, did we really take a commercial break? Maybe. Wow. Jabba. He's dropping ladies down pits. This guy has no respect for anyone else. The one thing he loves is that framed carbonite Han Solo on the I wall. I actually like that a lot. Me too. I, it's not mentioned, or it's vaguely mentioned, but like in Empire, Boba Fett just wants to bring, like, it's the carbonite's just a transportation method. Right. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be like a trope. Jabba requests, yes. Like yes. A, but I think, J- I like the idea of Jabba just seeing that and being like, ha, that's great. Just. Put that right over there. I like the way that looks. I like the feng shui of that. Um, before I got so furious with you for fucking bringing up all that shit and it's talking so for twenty minutes about stupid all CGI make nonsense sense in a bigger picture kind of way, when you listen to this entire series, I'm gonna kill him. Uh, I do just yes. I like we were saying C three P and R two D two. We're seeing it from and their I eyes. Like that we just everything unfolds very nicely. We get the sin and iniquity of Jabba. Yeah. We get his personality very quickly. I love him. He's a Jabba? big puppet. Yeah. Jabba rules. He's cool. I mean, he sucks, but he rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not great. He's we not don't a like nice him person. morally. We love but, him know, as viewers. Just like the, there's something about the way he presides over things that is original, I think. Yeah. Like, he's the only other, well, the Emperor is a pretty good villain, but he's the best villain that's not Darth Vader, I would say. Well, this is my favorite thing about this chunk of the movie. I mean, first- if you look at him in the six movies, he's bizarre. Like, he's in Phantom Menace as a race guy, and then he's kind of, like, nice to Han Solo in A New Hope, and he's like, hey, don't worry about it. And then in this one, he's, like, the nastiest thing that ever existed. The grossest creature of all time. So, like, I think he probably should not be in the movies other than this movie. I agree. It almost feels like this should be the first time you see it. Yeah, because he's been talked about. Yeah. And in Empire, Mm -hmm. Han Solo's like, I gotta deal with this. Yes. But, um, like, yeah, he's kind of blunted by those earlier appearances, but whatever. 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 He's very cool in this one. Uh, he's great in this. C3P and R2D2 walk in, see him. Everything's weird. They play a message. Yeah. It's like a reversal of a new hope. It's now Luke right. instead of Leia. And he just he just is like, these guys are gifts. Enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty funny. And and Jabba's like, I don't, okay, send them to the back room. I don't think Jabba even, well, Jabba's just amused because C3PO didn't know what was going to happen. And C3PO's just like bleeping about it. Yeah. Yeah, all this stuff is cool. Like, there's that weird robot who's like the sort of slave master who tells. And they're like branding. They're like hot yeah. iron branding other robots, and they all seem Which, really depressed. Actually, I love the scene with the the little guy who's getting his feet toasted or yeah. whatever. But also, like, it brings up this like, wait, robots can feel pain. This hasn't come up maybe, before. Maybe I don't know, or maybe he like, just see Thrupio got blasted into bits. Why wasn't he like shrieking the whole time? Maybe he's screaming because he doesn't want to. He likes the way his feet look. It's not a physical Possibly. pain thing. It's, it's just, just it's a really cool altered. idea, though, yes. like to see, but you do immediately start going, like, wait, 
what? Like, or maybe they like put a chip in his brain to make him feel pain. That'd be crazy. I mean, I think a thing, you know, even if this is the weakest of the three movies, a it thing is. that this film does well, and it's in stark relief in this movie, it, it because of its faults in other areas, I think becomes very clear, stands in opposition to the Phantom Menace trilogy, mm. is um, there's a way to which all three of these movies are shot. And part of it is the technology, the limitations of the time, the fact that, you know, you couldn't do crazy CGI, that you had to, as we've talked about in the past, build a bunch of stuff, have it all ready on the same day, set it up in the frame, yeah, right, right, have right. the actors And Jabba's line up. this, like, huge puppet that, like, eight people are operating or whatever. Right. There is so much that isn't explained. But it yeah, isn't yeah. aggravating because the stuff they don't explain is the stuff that is world building. Like, what do you mean? I, just give me one example. before. Whether we or not on. robots can feel. Oh, sure. A right. Yeah, like no, that I like implies that. that. I like you that. don't need that. And then you see the disintegrated robot, the half dis- right. It's like, eh, and Right. All I these mean, things and who the characters are, you know, all, whatever. Yeah. You go into an environment. Like, if you're making a movie about uh, lawyers, like the judge. Like the, the judge. They don't need to spend the time explaining to us, okay, by the way, a lawyer is someone who... No, of course not. Yeah, yeah, no. I get what world building is, yeah. Right, and what I like about these movies, as opposed to how the prequels work, yeah. is that uh, the original trilogy, episode one, two, and three, uh, I like that these films like just don't explain shit. Yeah, no. I, they don't it, have a scene where so you walk into Jabba's palace and someone goes, so listen, uh, Jabba comes from a family line. Technically, they He's own the all the property here blah, 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 and this blah, blah. and that. So he collects rent from everybody, <laughs> and this is how he collected all of this. They're, they shoot everything and dramatically play everything out in a way like it is just a world, you know? Yeah, of course. Like, cinematically, it looks like it was shot in a courtroom, except it's not. It's shot in a crazy environment with weird shit happening in the background. Let's, But let's, like, just, just in the case of, like, what I also like is... Lando's there. Yeah. But nobody knows. Right. But he's there. Right. And we just sort of glance, take a glance at him. He's wearing a mask. He's like a guard. And he he's sort of like, little. And you see that mustache and you go, ooh. And then Leia shows up. Yeah. It's, you know, spoiler alert, guys, it's Leia. Dressed yeah. as a little bounty hunter. Yeah. With Chewbacca. And like, you know, I just like, it's like the droids show up. Oh, there's Lando. Yeah. Here's Chewbacca. Like, we're like, oh, everyone's everyone's dropping in. You, you are know? skipping over, though. The droids get assigned to jobs. Yeah, no, I was say, I, say, right. I mentioned okay. the yeah, slave yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but R2 like, becomes a bartender. R2 uses a translator. Yeah. 3PO as a translator is pretty funny because he doesn't get that he should finesse, yeah. like, negotiation. He's very literal. But whatever. Yeah. That I mean, yeah. that's that's about the obvious. It's good. It's just, yeah. like, it's not surprising to see the 3PO struggling to understand human emotions. Not good at nuance. Or a uh, hut emotion. I sure, guess. sure. Emotions, period. Uh, Jabba the Hutt's really funny. Yeah, he's great. He's got this awesome language. Bad guy, great character. It's like he's like rubbery in the right way. You know, you can kind of see the seams of his costume, but it's it almost helps. Do you think he? It's had, really like, good that Lucas did not replace that puppet. No. Do you think like his knees gave out between A New Hope and Return of the Jedi? Because in New Hope, like, well, he he's not knees. super he's mobile. Slug. But okay. you're like, yeah, like, whatever. He's just got so fat that he couldn't Because in this, he literally around. can't move. Well, I mean, it's like they have to I mean, wheel him out. Look, the reason is that it's a puppet, right? But still, I do like that bit. I like that bit where they surprise Leia when she frees Han from the carbonite. Yeah. Where he, it's like, he, they just kind of roll him out. And it's like, how was he hidden? He's on this huge platform. They had a poster in front of him. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, ah, ah, there he is. They had a cardboard wall painted to look like he wasn't there. So, you know, Leia frees Han, but they get this rumbled. This is badass, because Leia comes in. You She's think, very cool. And and you don't know what's Leia at first. They don't tip the audience off to it. It's a very small bounty hunter, but other than that, her face is fully concealed. She's totally. got a voice, like, She's modifier. She's pulling the same trick that they pulled in New Hope, that, like, Chewbacca in Manacles trick. 
Yes. Yes, but it's good. Right. But- and yeah, and she has this tense standoff with Jabba. It's very cool. She has a grenade, yeah. a thermal detonator, like, and she, like, impresses him. Right. She calls his bluff. He's like, this is my kind of scoundrel. And yes. you're like, scum. 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 Yes. This is like the coolest bounty hunter we've seen in the film that she waits until nightfall. She, Jabba's yes. away. He's hiding behind a, a One weird... Direction poster. <laughs> and she frees Han. Yeah. And Han's kind of out of it. Yeah. Here's the problem. Then she gets rumbled and Jabba puts her in a fucking sexy gold bikini. Okay. If we're going to talk about this problem. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just annoying because Leia is like so cool for five minutes. And then it's like, uh, well, and now enjoy, please enjoy Leia in a sexy gold bikini while a slug licks her. <laughs> I mean, but you can't deny it. No, I feel like now you're teeing me up to get into another conversation that you don't want to have. What, about Marshall Lucas again? No. No, it's not about Marshall Lucas. I think th- there's a big thing to discuss here, which is the difference between the content within a film and how an audience interprets it. Oh, I guess so. No, I just, it's more just, I just wish this movie let Leia do a little more. I think this movie struggles with that. I think she's only in the bikini for like 15 minutes. If that. Right. If that. The the opening of the film is the coolest Leia's ever been. Yeah. She's pretty cool in Empire when she's on. In I think around. the Boosh stuff is the coolest. She's it's on. cool. It's just really it's cool. Um, I think she's got some very cool stuff at the end of the film. Uh, she maintains agency. No, she's fine. I, I, I don't know why. It's, it's, I don't no, no, but this is an important thing to talk about because it's been like a lot of think pieces about this recently. I right? guess so. I mean, the problem is there are 20 minutes of the film that amount to maybe eight minutes of screen time in which within the narrative, she is now a slave of Jabba's because he caught her trying to free yeah. Han or freeing Han. And now she's in a metal bikini yeah. and she's on a chain. She's the and only she's female character the movies have. Yeah, right. Just sort of annoying. Okay. But. Jabba's established no, being a piece of shit. No, I get it. Shit. I get that it all makes sense within he character. He doesn't appreciate women. Yeah, but like, it's a reality of the world that they've yeah, created. I guess so. I actually don't buy that argument totally. Because it's I like, do. he's a slug. Why does he want to have sex with, like, white women? Why doesn't he want to have sex with, like, well, I don't know. Well, he's not having sex Well, what? Them. Why does he Let's want to, like, them. lick and, like, whatever, kind of fondle them? But from the time we walk in, he's got, like, four women. Like I know. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of lame. He's got open tastes. Eh, I, I don't really buy it. It feels like they're like, hey, it just feels like Larry Kasdan, young Larry Kasdan, and George Lucas being like, it'd be pretty fucking great if Leia was in like a crazy sexy bikini. See, this is where I disagree, and I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but I feel like the film never sexualizes her to the audience. I think she exists as a thing that's being like abused by Jabba. We should say she is one of the most iconic sex symbols in the history of cinema is Leia in the gold bikini. Well, this is the whole like, point I'm getting to. five. Can you take, like, can you hold the movie responsible for the fact that yes. for, like... I think you can. Uh, yes, I don't. I don't I do. know. I, think I don't can. know. I'm not saying anything either way, but I think it's a very tricky question, which is that, like, this movie was seen by a lot of boys yeah. who were very for young reason, at the age. I was never into this, by the way. I don't know. If, like, I, feel, I do feel like this is an early... Yes. Like, a lot of men, straight men, classify this like, ooh, an early sort of awakening moment when I was eight years old and I saw Leia in Return I of the Jedi. I think because when you're eight years old, you don't see that many no. movies where women are that scantily no, clad. No, I'm not, I'm not objecting to right, that. Right, right. So I think it becomes this thing of, like, you know... Whatever the first thing you see yeah. establishes your sexual picadillos or whatever it is. Yeah, Winona Ryder and Beetlejuice. Right. That's, yeah, the only person I want to date except the grown up version of it, which is essentially just anyway, modern we, day. We Renona need to Ryder. move on because we don't have much time, but it's an interesting we, talk. We have, it's an interesting debate. I don't know. 
I, I just think the problematic area is that for 30 years that became the dominant visual of Leia, yeah. the main costume that they merchandised, the yeah. thing that everyone talked about, this yeah. pop culture. like. I mean, she has benchmark. this heroic moment where she gets to kill Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. You know, which is nice. Yeah. Hey, no, her uh, honey bun haircut. Also pretty pretty. Famous. That was very iconic. That's true. I would even argue to say that her wearing her white uh, costume a, with the buns I'd is say pretty much just iconic. as iconic. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. They, in the last 10 years, I will say, speaking from my area of expertise, the slave outfit's been merchandised more than anything else. Yeah. And the mere fact that the thing that's and being merchandised Amy is called Schumer a slave outfit. was on the cover of GQ this year, yeah. like, sucking C-3PO's thumb, wearing, a, wearing the slave Leia outfit. Right. And, like, I don't give it. Amy Schumer can do whatever the fuck she wants. It's just, at a certain point, it gets a little tiring, I guess. And especially because the next most prominent female character in the sequel trilogy is Mon Mothma. Is Mon Mothma. Yeah. Who has two lines of exposition. And like I said that to my girlfriend, we were watching Return yeah. of the Jedi, and she was like, Who is Mon Mothma? And then when she showed up, she was like, Who's this lady? <laughs> like Mon Mothma's not a character with like a ton of uh, no. you know. No. So it's just whatever. Because it's like everyone gets, you know, uh drawn into the palace. Yeah. Han Solo and uh Chewbacca, they're in jail. Uh the the droids are sort of servants, Leia's yeah. a slave, and then Luke shows up and like saves the day. It's pretty We're cool. We're going over this this quickly. Yeah. yeah, dude. It's we we don't have much time. Yeah, I mean, there's a great moment here where they're on the barge. Everyone's there. Han is mostly blind. Yeah, they all look to each other and nod. They hit this like one awesome like music cue every time one of them nods, where they go like dump. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And Which it's like they a reuse of for glances. the prequel trilogy uh, trailers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Lando, everyone nodding. How are they going to get out of this? R2-D2 fucking shoots a lightsaber out of his head. Well, the I whole say, time R2 was there for him. I, I mean, I would backtrack even though, you know, just briefly. Like, yeah. I just like Luke's entrance when he's all in black. Yeah. And he's suddenly, like, force commanding people and out of his way. a couple. Y- the guards. I guess he kind of, yeah. like, yeah, a little bit. And he, like, uh, brainwashes Bib Fortuna. Yeah. And he's just the whole time like. Yeah, see, you went too fast over this because this is. I did not go too fast. You went to the sail barge. I wasn't talking about that. I'm so on edge about the fact that I'm seeing this movie tomorrow. Oh my God. And he like fights the Rancor. Yes. But there's also this sort of misdirect where at this point in time you wonder if Luke is like turned bad. Like he's black, he's choking people. I got to be honest, I never thought that. When I was like a kid, like I, I that never either. occurred to me. But I, now I, watching it as an adult, it's clearly meant to trick you. But I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess because he gave up the droids, so you're thinking like, oh, what's what's up with Luke? Is he yeah. like? But the Rancor uh, fight, I love. Yeah, it's interesting. I I enjoy the Rancor fight, but I will say it is sort of it's emblematic of this movie's like likable problems, which, which are. are then embellished on unlikably in the in the prequel movies where it's like he's gonna fight a giant crazy puppet i I don't know just because like it'll be it'll be cool like it doesn't mean anything but it feels like what jabba would do like jabba likes watching people suffer he likes having women as slaves he likes watching men get killed yeah like he's a bummer dude i know i know it's just like this movie's a little long yeah and like this is the longest of the oh, three? easily. Yeah, it's 2.15, I think. And, like, it has a lot of sequences that are yes. obviously, like, George Lucas sort of flexing his muscles, you know, yeah. being like, wow, we're going to do this crazy big stop-motion creature. We're going to do this uh, speeder bike chase, like, you know. It like, feels all a, this effect like, showcasing in a way stuff. the yes. other two don't as much. The other two, it's like, I can't believe he was able to execute this vision, and this one, it felt like he was like, what's a cool idea for a thing to happen? 
but I think all the things are cool. Yeah, and that's what I was saying. They're all very likable here. It's yeah. just like you do sort of get a whiff of like, oh, this is sort of he's being encouraged maybe in the wrong direction a little bit. And also the um, the like, best part is um, that the, the rancor. Uh, like what's his the name? Keeper, the keeper, whatever he it's is. It's maybe my favorite thing in the is entire he's sad. film. It's great. It's such a good note. And to they have. don't hit it too hard. The guy doesn't have dialogue. No, he just cries. Luke kills the rancor, and he's like walks. Which in there. Luke should kill the rancor, right? Yeah. But the idea is, this is a fully rounded universe in which everyone has their reasons. Well, yeah, and also it's like you don't really like hate the rancor. He's just yeah. like this giant he's beast who's kept in like a cage, right? And like, yes, Luke is our hero. He should kill the rancor because he has to survive. But that guy's job for the last ten years has been feeding this rancor. Of course, he'd be sad. And you have that shot of like the guy consoling it's, him. It is. It's a great. It's a great little. It's moment. a nice little humanist moment. Yeah, like everyone in the galaxy has their own life. They got to wake up every morning and feed a rancor, or right. like get and fired by Darth Vader. Scoop the rancor. Yeah. Anyway, we do have to move on. Yeah. Because there's, oh my God, Luke. I'm this gonna, is the I'm best stuff the movie to talk about is the first 40 minutes. The it's, rest of the movie you can kind of I agree. Past. I agree with that. The, yeah. the no. Java sequence is so well realized. Yeah. Uh, and also, Leia gets her just desserts. Yeah, choke she Jabba. chokes Jabba. No, she I chokes Jabba. And I noted, I noted yeah. that. Yes, she gets to choke Jabba. It's great. She That's looks great. miserable the whole time she's in the costume. I'm I, not saying she, I mean, I Carrie know. Fisher has had a lot to say about that costume over yes. the years. I know. I, I mean, I don't have a clear thesis on it. I just think a lot of what's problematic about it is what culture has made of it in the last 20 years. Like, there was 20 years of everyone being like, fucking hot, huh? Not Star Wars itself doing that, but the things around Star Wars and the companies that make the t-shirts yeah. and the TV shows that parody it. And then it becomes like, well, maybe if you only have one female character, whether or not well, it's justified in the plot, you should have it. More female voices have been heard in recent years than were heard at Agreed. earlier points Agreed. in time. Agreed. In all spectrums of culture. If you only have one female character yeah. of note in a trilogy and you have her wear I'm a bikini. I'm not here to fucking do it, say it. Like, people can yes. take what they want. Yeah. I agree. I don't eh. know where I stand on it, but I just think. Uh, My big problem is that Leia then, like, her big moment is killing Jabba. Yes. She gets a couple other cool little notes in the movie. Speed of break chase. Speeder break chase is fun. Mm -hmm. There's that moment where she shoots the stormtrooper, you know, where she's yes. got the gun. Um, but a lot of the movie is Leia just kind of chilling out and being told things and kind of, you know, she's all right, but she doesn't, it's her weakest. She doesn't have a huge arc except yeah. for being told she's Luke's sister. Yeah. Uh, which we knew. I don't know why the film. Well, she has to find out. She has so to find they out. give us yeah. that moment. Yeah. But anyway, just to wrap up the Jabba stuff, because yeah. yeah, there's a lot. It's like, there's that cool thing where Luke gets the lightsaber out of R2 mm -hmm. and like, you know, does this cool, like jump off of the. Uh, diving board and it's a little goofy, but I like goofy things. Maybe I like the that best stuff. joke in the movie. I like is... the reveal that his lightsaber is green. Me like, too. I, you know, I, I, I like all these cute little things. Uh, the sarlacc is a good idea, except Luke. Now it's all CGI. Uh, Lucas added all this nonsense to it. Um, it's not necessary. But but no, the thing I was gonna say is goofy. Maybe my favorite joke in the movie as a little boy and watching this what? movie and liking Muppets and retreating back to a simpler state of mind what? is Han still largely blind. Chewbacca <laughs> growls something at him. He goes, Boba Fett. Where? Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah, and then turns around to try to find him. Boba Fett, and in the process, knocks well, Boba Fett I was off gonna, and, yeah, and kills him to a pit. I was going to say, it's, it's kind of weird, because like, Boba Fett's so hyped up, and he's yeah. in the Attack of the Clones, Yeah, and it's like, oh, his end is like, Han accidentally knocks him into the Sarlacc. It's, it's a Mr. Magoo bit. Uh, yeah. Boba Fett dies at the hands of a Mr. Magoo bit. Han Solo is pretty funny in this opening sequence, too. Like He's yeah. being kind of sardonic with Luke. 
And uh, he's got that great line where he goes, uh, where's Luke? He goes, oh, he's their Jedi. And he goes, Luke, a Jedi? So I'm gone for a couple minutes. Everyone Ooh. suddenly has delusions, delusions of grandeur. It's a yeah. great line. Great. And, he, you know, there's that thing where he, like, sh- like the tentacle has Lando and he, like, kind of shoots it. Yeah. And it, it's all fun. It's good, yeah. good fun. It's blind. It's I a do wish Boba team, Fett good. maybe just had a, a second more. Like, he doesn't do anything. I wish he wasn't a little boy in Attack of the Clones and there wasn't that misdirected. That's true. Yeah, making us think he's too important. Very true. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's cool. Yeah. They blow up the sail barge. It's all a little convenient. Like, the droids jump off at the last second and then yeah. they, like, magnetize them out. I yeah. just thought of an interesting question. What? Loses. <laughs> he loses uh, his lightsaber at the end of the previous movie. Yeah. He's got a new lightsaber. Yeah. He yeah. Made We've it. learned. From the uh, Clone Wars animated series, yeah. that where they make yeah. and how they, uh, you know, it's the Jedi Temple, the crystals, right? But there's no Jedi's anymore. I, I have who's a, I have making this lightsaber? No, because his lightsaber is green, means it uses a synthetic crystal. So he didn't go to that game. Is that true? That is that is the stupid canon explanation for okay, that. So I mean, I the real that. reason it's green is because the special effects people needed a color that popped more against a blue sky. But the in canon reason, yeah, because okay. like the original posters for this movie, he has a blue lightsaber. Interesting. But then eventually they were like, eh, blue doesn't look good. He's waving it against the blue sky a lot. Let's make it green. And but, thus multicolored lightsabers were born. You know, it's like, I mean, this is the thing about Star Wars and yeah. all of these things that they layer in with all these additional It's like movies. accidental magic. It's like, yeah, they were just making a fucking movie. Yeah. Like originally the lightsabers were going to be white in The New Hope. And they were like, ah, let's make one blue and red just so they look different. But, but. I mean, to throw out this thing about the special edition without invoking your least favorite woman in the world. I'm going to strangle you. I'm not going to invoke her. I think George genuinely does go, well, but originally I want to be this. It should look like this, this and that. And doesn't understand that. uh, That's the way it is, George. A, that's the way it is. And B, you're not always right. The things that happen by mistake are oftentimes (sighs) happy accidents. That's true. But I do also think like. Look, George Lucas is a weird character. There's not a lot of other directors who behave the way he did, which is essentially you made a couple movies and then you just worked on them for the rest of your life. Yep. Uh, And, you know, you hear about, like, Spielberg tweaking E.T. and immediately realizing, like, I hated that I ever did that. You know, uh, other directors have the opposite. But, you know, that's the kind of director George Lucas is. And we just kind of have to live with it. Like, if George Lucas had made Silent Running and tinkered with it. Yeah. No one would care as much because these movies don't mean because they wouldn't. That much. It, I mean, I like yeah, Silent yeah, Running, yeah, but yes. you know, it's not it's not the cornerstone of America's most popular pop culture franchise. There's a story that uh, Simon Pegg was at some Hollywood like shindig party thing, sure, and was talking to Ron Howard, and George Lucas came up to him, and I guess Ron Howard was a big fan of Shaun of the Dead. Was talking yeah, to sure. him. And George right, Lucas right, came up and right. said, "Hey, Ron, how are you doing?" And Ron Howard said, "Hey, have you met Sean?" Simon Pegg. Pegg. Simon Pegg, sorry. Have you met Simon Pegg? He's the guy who did uh, Sean of the Dead. And he went, no, no, I haven't seen it. And Ron Howard, oh, man, it's great. It's so good. It's the best thing I've seen in such a long time. And Lucas went, congratulations. And he, this is Simon Pegg's story. Uh He says that Lucas looked at him and said, do me a favor. Just promise me right now you won't end up making the same movie 30 years from now. Wow. And like walked away. So he was in some weird, like melancholy mood. Said it as a haunted man. Like I do think. Look, I mean, it's for sure that, and it seems like from all these interviews George Lucas has had to give revolving around a movie that he actually has no like stake in. Yeah, The Force Awakens. He seems pretty embittered about like, look, nobody liked my movies. (laughs) You know what am I gonna do? 
I think everyone's it, happy that I'm not involved in this one. But it became a prison for him. And perhaps the way this recording studio has become a prison for us, you know? I'm going to fucking kill you. We no, need to but get I'm on... trying to thematically tie everything together. Why? You try too hard to tie everything together. You spend too together. much time thinking about one thing. It starts to drive you mad. Right. Maybe the release of the fact that tomorrow we'll see the new Star oh Wars movie God. and we'll be freed is the gift that we need for this Christmas da- season. David, don't. No. Don't grab Griffin like don't that. Don't grab me, hey, David. David, stop no, it. Stop I'm saying choking you're me. thinking too much All right, we're getting about out of this whole fucking I thing. I like narrative. We need to talk about Return of the Jedi. Okay, so Luke goes back to Dagobah. He sees Yoda. Yoda is not... Doing hate well. this scene. One of the worst, probably the worst scene in in the original trilogy. I, I would say so I, this scene, which was added at Kasdan's and L- at Lucas's request. Okay, like was written. It wasn't in the original script. Was Yoda not supposed to be in not the film supposed at all? to appear? Interesting. But Lucas decided after consulting with a child psychologist that kids might think that Vader was just lying when he said uh, he was his Luke's father, and so they needed like sort of a confirmation. <laughs> I hate this scene because one. Dying Yoda takes forever to say everything, and you're just like, Jesus Christ, you know? Because uh-huh. all he's saying is like, Darth Vader's your dad, you have a sister, and like, we know all that shit already. And Hamill, yeah. Hamill doesn't really sell the scene, his feelings, which should be like, you know, he should have some major feelings about all this. Because basically, what he's being told is like, look, we knew the whole time, and we've kind of watched you your whole life. You know, it's like a mm-hmm. lot of it's a lot of whammy to put on a it's guy. It's a lot of whammy. It's a uh, and the thing where he's like, "There is another Skywalker." You know, you're like, oh. "Well, this is me not being able to view this movie objectively." Because here's you just like the I think the puppetry is so good. In this it scene. is. It's very well done, and like it's cool that Yoda looks more ancient than he did even in the last movie. And they really sell like the physical his performance of someone dying. It's I, like I don't disagree with you. Yeah. I just think this scene is like almost entirely superfluous and then is followed by a scene where Luke just like chats with Obi-Wan's ghost yeah. who previously has been this kind of like difficult to like see vision or this overheard voice. Now he's like and sitting on a log just... with him. Now they're just like having a beer. And, and Luke's like, like what's the deal? Yeah. And Obi-Wan's like look I don't know Anakin and Darth Vader are almost two different people to me. Yeah. And you're like, all right. Like, it feels like retconning. I think this is the worst part of the whole movie. I agree. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, just, or at least you, you see where I'm coming from, right? I do. I see where you're coming from. I just have such a hard time actually judging this It's film. fine. No, yeah, I agree I don't know. You. I mean, I because there are lots of things in this movie that I like that I know I should maybe be a little more right, critical of. Right. But this scene has never been a favorite of mine. I I'm just, less into puppetry than you yeah, are. Yeah, I just love puppetry. Yeah, I can get like, blinded by that. But you got to admit the Obi-Wan scene is like... That's I that's mean, some goofy I nonsense. actually yeah. feel a little bad for Alec Guinness, who you you know, you know know was never like particularly interested in the Star Wars movies. Like that they brought him in for this. You know? do, do you know who I think also feels a little bad for Alec Guinness? Uh, Alec Guinness during that scene. He yeah, looks he, really, he, really embarrassed. He just looks a little pained. Really He's pained. He's like... Uh, yeah. You know, because um, it's just all exposition. Yeah. Which is kind of Obi Wan's facility in the original movies, in the in the non original movies, but is also starting bits. to like tiptoe towards the problems of the Phantom yeah, Menace trilogy. It is whereas like where it's all explained st- out loud. Well, this is the key difference. Like for Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, George Lucas is a very good storyteller. He's telling stories, and in this one, he's starting to get into plot. Like there's a lot of plot to be dug up and like distributed. It's interesting because it's it, you're right, and yet also the plot's like 
basically already known. You but, know? but isn't that the exact thing that happens with the Phantom Menace trilogy? Where oh, it's yeah, like for the sure. basic beats are so simple, yeah. and he's adding well, all this plot to the sidelines that, like, I agree. Can be the problem with, I mean, doesn't need to be focused on. We've actually, yeah. we have discussed the failures of the Phantom Menace trilogy. But I mean, obviously the problem yeah. with that is like, he probably has about one and a half movies worth of like prequel actual story. plot. Prequel plot. Yeah. And so he has to yeah. pad it out with all right. kinds of nonsense. Yeah. You know what's really bad? The prequel movies. They're so bad. They're really Every bad. time I think of something from them, I'm like, yeah. ugh. Yeah. Because I've been watching the original, the the, the old movies. Like, and, and you're really... They also don't even look like the same. They films. don't. They don't, they don't look even look like they're part of the same franchise. The only thing that looks the same is like lightsabers, like you know, really simple visual effects. The only thing that's the same is the music and the sounds. Basically, we need to see this new movie. We need to just like exercise all these demons from us. This well, room I think is that's haunted. The purpose. Now. Ben, one hour. We're at the one. Yeah, hour I know. Mark. We got okay. it. We got. It. But you know what? You're kind of right because. After the Java stuff right? and, and that little Dagobah sequence. It becomes two things that we need to meet get done. at like the Rebel Alliance base. Yeah. The Rebel Alliance seems to be mostly governed by these like red fish people who we've never met before. M- my favorite character. Akbar's in... great. Yeah. Look, I mean, you don't know what he like what's going on there, but like you say, it's kind of like the Java stuff. You're like, all right, cool. Yeah. He has a fish head sticking vertically outside of a human suit. And, they, and, and he has like flipper arms. Yeah. Like ha- flipper hands. Yeah. Which makes no sense because it's a spaceship that's clearly just designed for, like, humans. It has, like, buttons and dials. His main job would be hitting buttons. You're, you're like, how the fuck does any of this work? But doesn't matter. he's got a great voice. He, he does. His Mac Akbar flaps. is cool. They seem to be, like, the calamari people. They seem to, they're called the calamari, which is hilarious. The best. Um, they seem to be, like, the naval backbone. Like, they have all these big ships that, well, like. Well, like, Mon Mothma's a human. And Mon she's Mothma's a human. And overseeing- she's in the prequel trilogy, mostly in deleted scenes. Exclusively in deleted is scenes. It, does she not even show up? If she does, it's she, in a background. It's silent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure, she, I, I'm all but certain she does not appear visually. I, I, I'll say this. I hate the Mon Mothma stuff. I hate it. Why? Because she is like, many Bothan spies died to get this information. And there I'm like, all right, well, we don't know what those are. So, you know, like, she's selling it way too hard for me. Yeah. But once again, I think this is that thing. that This is the movie where George is starting to get way too interested in the small details. A little bit. You know? Bit. It's the forest through the trees thing. Like he's, oh, people like the fact that this world exists. Yeah. Let's spotlight a little more. Which is more. what happens in the sequel. But I think there's a tricky balance, which is that like you can have these things existing around the film and not explained, and they they um, I, add intrigue. Let me say I this. I don't disagree with you. We just really have to get to the end of this But movie. the second My you God. start to hint at it a little bit, you become aware of the fact that you don't know more. We haven't even talked about the Ewoks or the Emperor. Okay. So oh they God. land on the this planet Endor. No, the moon, forest moon of the planet. Oh, Antwerp. right. Anyway, there's two plots. Yes. This is what happens. Everyone meets up, Lando's there, and we're sent on two missions. Mission one, go to this forest moon. You're a general. Shut down. Yeah, ju- j- you know, uh, Solo, Han's in charge of this mission. Yeah. Go to the forest moon, shut down the force field that's around the Death Star. Yeah. I like this idea. Death Star is not yet finished. It has to be protected by a, a force Just field. Just shut down the security. Shut field. it down. Yeah. Mission two, um... What the fuck is Lando Calrissian? Lando in the Millennium Falcon. You're a general with like the the Rebel fleet. Yes, you're gonna once this is shut down, fly into the Death Star, blow, blow it, it up. up. Nine Numb is his. Nine Numb is man. his Mickey Mouse. Awesome. He's on the Falcon. Cool. So mostly we're on plot A. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. Like I remember this movie being overlong and having a lot of Ewok shit. It has so much of this shit. Yeah. There's this really cool start where there's this speeder bike chase that we've talked about. Awesome. 
really interesting, like really like visually interesting where yeah. they're racing through the trees. Yeah. Like I love that Lucas kept finding new ways to do essentially like a space battle, but like with different environments and different, you yeah, know, like yes, this is yes. like a bike chase. I mean, right. whatever it's got, it's, it's yeah. foot in a lot of, you know, that's cool. But a force is an environment we know when we're placing something we don't know in it. It's still relatable. This introduces Leia to the Ewoks. Yeah. Who are adorable teddy bear creatures with uh-huh. big, like black eyes. Yeah. Honestly, they look like a bunch of teddy bears. They look, it's, they look like the Care Bears. They sort of behave. I mean, they seem to resemble the Native American culture. I guess so. But in the way that he childlike. does this vague mapping, it is they're childlike Native American. It is utterly offensive to consider, but it makes the correct choice of not having them speak right, English, right? Which does help. But they are like so annoyingly child. I mean, basically, they're a quote unquote primitive culture. And much like in Phantom Menace, right. Lucas seems to delight in the idea of like, oh, they beat the Empire using their their know-how and their guerrilla tactics. And, and they're it, really small. They're very... They're, look, and I'm oh, on and the ben record. I hate... He's on the record of hating well, them. I want I, I to be on the record. Wins. I think Stupid. that Wicket, the main Ewok, played yeah. by Warwick Davis, yeah. a young Warwick Davis, is so cute. I do too. I love him, and I like the Ewoks in general. I mean, when I was a kid, I fucking this is loved the thing. I the once Ewoks. again can't be objective. I know it's hard to be objective. It's so tough. But I like I also, that they're in little suits. But I, I like the yeah. Well, yeah. Wicket's got a little butt, and he He's toddles got a around. Butt. I like little butts. He's always like. There's this really cute scene where he thinks Hel- Leia's helmet is like a weapon. Cute. And he's like, ah, cute. It's all great. Love the Ewoks. If you consider the Ewoks too much, they bum you out. You can't deny it. Yeah, also, maybe they should only be in, like, 20 minutes of the movie as opposed to, like, like four and a half they, hours of the this, movie. It's so annoying because they, like, capture Luke and Han and all these people. Yeah. And, like, there's this sense that, like, there are stakes. Like, maybe they're going to murder them. Yeah. And you just never buy it. They worship C-3PO as a god. Which essentially feels bizarre... like a plot line from Mork and Mindy. It feels exactly. like a sitcom subplot there's... where they think he's a god because he's gold. And then Luke has to levitate him to make it look like he's magic so that he can convince them not to eat Luke. But it's goofy. Like, it's kind of goofy. There's a bizarre scene where C-3PO does the plot of the previous movies in, like, Ewok language using sound effects. Yeah, because they haven't seen the Star Wars movies. It is fucking stupid as shit. And, like, so there's stuff like that that's stupid as shit. But it's goofy. And, like, on this sequence is where suddenly Han Solo becomes aware of a love triangle that no longer exists. Oh, he for the first time it's so picks weird. up on the fact that after basically just like being with Leia yeah. in this movie, he suddenly his confidence like leaves him, and he's like, "Oh, you're in love with Luke. You must be in love with Luke." Because it's fine. I'll leave. Don't worry. I'll get out of your hair. And it's so weird because we and Leia and everyone's just like, "No, no, that actually Han like that basically has been dispensed with." No, that's, he. No, this is my brother. There's this really boring scene where Luke reveals to Leia that he that they're related, that I think doesn't land. It's kind of my problem with Leia's arc is she sort of like passively just like listens to all this stuff. But see, I think Richard Markham isn't a very good actor's director. And, well, George Lucas disagrees with you. I think he was probably had a better process. No, no I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think the performances are but, pretty weak in this. The big emotional scenes in this movie all are really forced. But like, look, yeah. let's make our, my friend Marie uh, Barty. Our friend. Our friend. Yeah. Pointed out to me that like. Leia has a crazy fucking coke fingernail in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's got one long fingernail, her, you know, which is like, you know, I think everyone in this movie is just kind of like, all right, like, are we done? Like Harrison Ford basically wanted to be like dead in this movie. He wanted them to kill him off. You yeah. know, Mark Hamill. I don't know him as much. I'm sure he was fine, but you know, yeah, everyone's looks really good in this movie. He is, and you know, Carrie Fisher. Like everyone feels like just a little detached. 
Yeah. Like a little emotionally detached. Yeah. From a production that I imagine was a little more elaborate and annoying. And they were all famous. You know, especially Harrison well, Ford was already Indiana Jones at this point. Least experienced director Runner. they had worked with. Yeah. So like yeah. that does show through in the performance, like in the scenes where there is not special effects, which is few. Mm-hmm. Maybe like two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Ewok stuff especially. Well, let's get to the Darth Vader stuff because that's the last important thread to cover. I mean, the major thing in the Ewok stuff is just that there is this long, obviously Vietnam-inspired ex- scenes of like the Ewoks defeating the Imperials. Yeah. Like using tree trunks. Right. And it's like kind of cute. It's a little much. Yeah. And it just sort of reminds you of the Gungan thing, which is way worse, but is in the same like yeah. ballpark. I know you like it. It's no, fun. It's tough. I'm mean, like, because I watched it even like last night and was like, I don't know why people are so hard on this. And as you explain it, I'm like, I completely understand why people are so hard on this. No, I know. When you watch it, you're basically, I do think it, it goes on a bit. Like, yeah. you know, they have like four sequences with logs and you're like, we get it. The they, got, logs. they got logs. <laughs> they got logs. Logs can hit people. We get it. Yeah. No, it's, they hit it. They hit it pretty hard. Uh, yeah. the, the best scene, I would say, in all of that, in all uh-huh. of the forest stuff, is just when. The, the 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 Imperials surprise Han Solo and the guy goes, "You rebel scum!" And you never see the Imperials like get worked up or like yeah. hate the rebels. It's just sort of fun to see yeah. that guy like right, getting I mean. his one line in. Okay, but but uh, yeah. On the other end, Luke gives himself up to Vader because Yoda said, "You gotta kill Vader. You're not a Jedi until weird. you kill Vader." Because like, Luke's like, "Check, check, check. I've done all the Jedi and, like, stuff." It, and no Yoda's point like, have not the Jedi yet. ever said like. Yeah, so, you know, you go into the cave and you got to calm your emotions. And, yes, then, of course, you get your license to kill mission. I think it's more... I, I mean, think it's more just Yoda being like, Vader's got to go and you're the only one who can do it. I think it's a little little that in column A, column B is a little bit of, like, that's the thing that's still holding you back. Yeah. You know, like, Vader represents so much to you. It's like the fear of, of yeah. you know, that you have to conquer no, inside that's you. that's fair. For him to say you have to kill Vader that as opposed to... Only then a Jedi you will be, he right, says. Right, as opposed to you have to face Jader, or J- Jader. Jader, Vader. I'm going insane Jarth, right now. Jarth Dater. Jarth Dater. Uh, he goes, gives himself up to Darth Tater. Yeah, Darth uh, Tater. The, the Mr. Potato Head version of Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, they, like, have this talk. They have like a very casual sort of yeah, talk. Yeah, where he's like, you're my dad. Hey, dad. What's up, dad? And Vader's like, not your dad, man. Yeah. I'm I'm crazy. You look at me. I'm a fake, I'm a big black robot, man. And he's like, hey, I'm well, scary. Keep this. keep this. You're not only my dad, you're Leia's dad. And no, he's he... like, yes, Luke tells him then. No. Yes. Oh. Am I wrong about you're this? You're totally wrong. The whole sister scene comes in the final battle. It's like the climactic moment of the battle. Oh, where he right. says, yes, sister, yeah. you have a yeah. sister. Yes, Your yes, feelings yes, betray yes, her. Yes, yes, yes. No, yes. it's just, it's Luke almost being, like, impetuous, being like, yeah. hey, Anakin, what's up, Anakin? And Vader's like, I'm not, I'm not Darth Anakin. Vader. Don't call me that. Like, and he's like, uh-huh, Anakin. Yeah, you're my dad, Anakin. You're my, you're you're good. I can, I can, you know, he's like, yeah, I can feel it. I can feel it. And Vader's, Vader's like, shut like, up, shut, shut up. Shut the fuck up. And takes him to the Emperor. So mm-hmm. we're finally seeing the Emperor. Yeah. One, he looks so much better than he did in the, in the, when his, uh, when he looked like uh, the, the influence. In Revenge of the Sith. Well, because it almost looks in this film like he's just an old man. Yeah, he's got like impressive but not absurdly symmetrical evil face makeup. He's just kind of got like white, saggy skin with like shit all over his face. 
But like you almost didn't and, need like, to explain why his face got fucked up. No, you he's could old just, in Revenge of the evil. Sith, have him look like that, and then have him thirty years later. It's look kind of like you know this. he should just be Voldemorty, and like the whole yeah. point of Voldemort is like, well, he's powered by evil magic, so he looks evil. Yes, you know it's kind of twisted him. Yes, that's that's what we get from the Emperor. The Emperor, eighty percent of the time, he's sitting in a chair and just saying to Luke. Kill me. Kill me. Come on. Well, it's like a real Come mirror on, of the scene from Revenge of the Sith, where he's in an identical chair. Sure. And he's going, good, good. Yeah. He's, like he's saying most of the same lines. And he's saying lines. to Luke, like, I'm going to crush the Rebel Alliance. Yeah. I've set this whole thing up. Yeah. Like, this is your big moment to just get angry and mad and then... And Vader and uh, the Emperor and are both know, saying to Luke, like, hey, man, you don't know how cool it is to fucking be evil. It's like we, the best. We know the Emperor is basically thinking, like, look, Anakin didn't totally work out. He's a weird robot. Here's our new let's, guy. Let's, yeah. you know, nail right. it this time. Right. So they start having a full-on battle. He eventually goads Luke into sort of emotional violence, right? Right. Like Ag- Luke being angry. Vader. Yeah. And Luke kind of tries to chill out and the Vader yeah there's that whole scene mm-hmm. where he's like your sister perhaps I'll turn your sister yeah and that's when Luke goes berserk chops his hand off mm-hmm. but then like and this is a moment I think that people are debating right now because people are wondering what Luke's gonna be like in the new movie mm-hmm. but then he's like no no not gonna do it not gonna like turn to the dark side there's the cool moment where he looks at the stump yeah, he looks and he at looks at his, his hand, own hand and the sees, black glove right and he's like I'm not gonna and it's sort of a reflection of the cave scene yeah and then the Emperor just, like, you know, starts jacking him up with lightning. Right. You know? He's like, all right, fine, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. How do you feel about this scene? Fine. Well, what's the thing, problem that people have with it? It. I, I don't know if people have a problem. I always, yeah. like, it takes, like, a while. I guess the Emperor's just supposed to be torturing him. Yeah. He's like, you're like, come on, he can't kill him? Like, Yeah, I think it's a torture. He's not. I guess so. His end goal isn't to kill him. It's to. But, Get him to change his mind. It's an idiotic move on the Emperor's part because it basically moves Vader to like finally snap yeah, Vader and has toss a lot of time the Emperor to into the, he gets a like, crab a walk lot of, over. There's like yeah. multiple of Vader kind of going like turning to Luke, turning to the Emperor, turning to Luke. Like he's like watching a tennis game. But it's also a movie, and they got to I mean, this is the moment That's you've fine. been building up to this you. whole time. You have to you know hit it hard. Lucas I guess. Yeah. added this thing where he goes like no, yeah, which is insane. Stupid. I had it's totally the same forgotten fucking about that. no from the end of I Revenge of the Sith. He it's puts crazy. the no in there, but he kills the Emperor. Now here's my question because yeah. I think we have to discuss this, even though we only have a few minutes. Yeah, is Vader really redeemed? All he does is kill the Emperor in a fairly selfish moment, just to. He doesn't even like the Emperor. Who likes the Emperor? He's an asshole. Uh, I don't. And think, he's tra- trying to save his son. I don't think redeemed. Like we're talking is about a guy who like massacred oh, lots yeah, of Jedi, no, 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 and no. then I assume committed countless atrocities as yeah. Darth Vader. But like the movie acts like, you know what? In the end, he was he was a good guy. I don't think it redeems him. I think in that final moment, it shows his humanity yeah, takes over fair. again at the final right. moment. I don't think he could he do He was never totally lost, I guess. Right. He there's nothing he could do to redeem like 40 years right. of bullshit. Maybe the idea well but he says like you were right, you know, we see him played right. by Sebastian Shaw, Shaw yeah. this sort of chalk white like yeah. kind of, you know, fucked up looking guy. Yeah. And uh like I, maybe the idea is he's finally free of the emperor's spell. I think he's free of the spell yeah. and I think he like um his humanity wins over again, but I don't think he's redeemed. Briefly. Right. You know, I don't think it's just it's a note. And he yeah. he you know, he dies, Vader dies. Vader dies. 
And Luke burns his body, much like Qui-Gon's body was burned. He burns his body on Endor. The final scene between Luke and Vader I like. It's, it, nice. it's like it's, it's nice. a father and a son talking for the it's first time. It's pretty good. And you see like, oh, right. And Luke's sad. Luke's like, ah, you're going to die? Shit. I and Vader's save you. just like a dude. He's just like a sad old dude inside a suit. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, we've got like they blow up the shield and like there's a pretty cool space battle. It's pretty cool. Ewoks have a party. Well, no, we freaking come on. This space battle, Lando blows oh, up the oh, Death yes, Star. Awesome. Yes, yeah. Yes. Akbar says it's a trap. Right. They realize, yeah. I mean, it, it's not quite as thrilling as the original movies. And it's kind Death of a Star repeat. run because, like, yeah. you kind of know where it's going. We've exactly. already seen the Death Star. We know what's going. And like, we yeah. know the Millennium Falcon's not going to blow up. We know Lando's not going to die. Yeah. You just kind of know these things. It's just kind of like clear that like everything's just waiting to get, you know. We're just waiting for Han Solo to blow up the energy. We just want to get all our so friends back in one the, place. Yeah. And then they, they reunite and they have this a party on Andor. And then Lucas cuts in scenes of celebration. I know it's such a bummer. Now, to really lift, like, you know, like just to think about it, because like he adds they all these. They cut to Gungans. They cut to Naboo. They cut to Coruscant, places we have not seen in these first three in movies. In this trilogy at all. And then yeah. we see the ghosts of. Uh, Obi Wan, yep. Yoda, oh. and Anakin, as played by Hayden Christensen. Fuck you. And what I think, I really think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant because, because it's George Lucas just saying, like, he knows at this point when he's making these Blu rays, because it was the Blu ray where he inserted this, right? Yes, on the DVD, it was still Sebastian Shaw playing an yeah. unscarred ghost right. of right. Anakin. Yeah. And he, and I know Lucas has this whole thing where he's like, well, when Anakin was good, he looked like Hayden Christensen, so that's what he should like. He has, like, his whole rationalization. Uh-huh. That's not why he did it. He did it because he knows grown-ups were just like, fuck those movies. I'm showing my kids four, five, and six. Forget the prequels. I'm not going to show them the prequels. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, if you do that, your kid's going to be like, at the end, be like, who's that? What's this? Like, he basically makes it impossible for you to not watch the prequels in one final little visual, like, gag. I don't. You do you actually think that's his? I think that as much as you think Marsha Lucas stained glass window. Well, I believe that very strongly. Well, there you go. I do think that it is him saying like these movies are one six part series. Yes, I agree with that. And yes, like you cannot avoid that. Yeah, exactly. I think he thinks they're all the same movie. And does understand how people could like. I'm sorry one that I got like so mad other. at you. Although I was so it's mad. It's fine. At we're you. going crazy. I've been slept but in three days. I, I do want to see say, this new movie. Yeah, like we have spent how many weeks? This is I mean, 36, I 30, think. You know, so many weeks just yeah. speculating on this man's intentions. You this know, was the and, last one he, he ever like, had a it, hand it, in. Yeah. It's crazy that how much we do that. It's, I know. It is crazy. I know, but I just think you... And I sympathize with him to. because I do, yeah. like I was I saying earlier, I think he's, he's overly scrutinized character. and bullied. Yeah. And like he did make all these things we love. Yeah. But it is crazy how much you think about just fucking George Lucas, man. Well, can I end this episode with one story? Okay, sure. And it's about George, but I think it's important. Okay. Is it like a... Okay, go ahead. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy, who now producer. is in charge of Lucasfilm, yep. spearheading all these new movies. Um, there was a piece in Entertainment Weekly recently when they talked about when George came to her and he said, I feel like everyone's just mad at me no matter what I do. I was going to make new movies. Oh, I love this story. This is a good story. But now I just, I don't know. I want Yeah, where he was basically feeling out like maybe I should hand this off. Right. What do you want to take over Star Wars? And she said, that's a big responsibility. Star Wars means a lot to a lot of people. And I don't know if I understand why yet. So I need some time to see if I can figure out what Star Wars is, like on a cellular level, before I feel comfortable being the one who has to make the new ones. She's a smart lady. So she did a lot of research and read all the things that the fans were and tried to differentiate between what they liked and what they didn't like and why the prequels and the originals and the whatever and the whatever. Gotcha. And she said, 
the thing I'm missing is I need to figure out where these movies came from. Yeah, where where were you? What where were you when you were coming up with the New Hope? So she went to George and asked him that, and he went, "Well, I like Star uh, Adventure serials and Buck Rogers." Yeah, he and gives this and the that. answer that a Wikipedia entry basically right. would give. It's she, like you know Joseph Campbell, Buck Rogers, you know the end. And she went, "No, where were you when you made them?" Emotionally, George. And he where went, were you well, emotionally? Well, it was like a space soap opera. It's about families. They're for children. <laughs> like he kept on doing that, hitting his beats. And like saying, you know, Chewbacca was based on my dog, you know, whatever. Right. And she went like, okay, George, I'm let's new conversation. I'm not asking you about Star Wars. Right. What was happening in your life roughly between the years yeah, of the mid seventies, twenty and thirty? Yeah. Right, right, right. And Early mid seventies. And he went, well, um, you know, my father owned a hardware store, and growing up, everyone thought I was going to take over the hardware store, and that was what my family cared about, and I didn't want to do the. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that living a life as a hardware store owner didn't seem exciting to me. And she was like, oh, that's Star Wars. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the yearning to, like, escape and to, you know, sort of. You don't know what, but you know there's something out like there that, for you in the world. That's Luke looking at the, the, moons the and, suns. And go, yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's something in this world there that's meant out there for me. Right. And as people talk about the hero's journey, Luke is not the chosen one in this movie. Right. He's that's, what's, it's so crucial. a kid, right, who happens to be at the right place he's at the right time. He's not someone who, like, gets a blood test that confirms that maybe he's uh, part of a prophecy. He's, he's just someone, a kid. He's someone who feels like, I want my life to be an something orphan, different. A classic, you know, hero journey type character. I don't orphan. feel like I belong here, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. And he Gazing finds out at the stars. At the right place at the right time. Right. And Obi-Wan says to him, if you want to come with me. I mean, it's like Obi-Wan says, like, you've always been meant to do this. It's sort of, it's like yeah. the same thing that Harry Potter and a million other things do yeah. where it's like, you, turns out you're actually kind of special. Let's go. But I don't know what it's going to be. There's no Jedi no, Council anymore. Know, know. We don't know, right? Yeah. As opposed to um, the Phantom Mass trilogy is a kid who seemingly is happy with his life despite I mean, being or, a slave. I mean, let's not speculate. He, he's all right. He he's seems, doing fine. But he seems to be doing okay. He he's doesn't seem okay. to have a yearning. No. Who is like swept up? Whether or not he's happy, he doesn't know. No, I know. Who's swept up in a grand story by a bunch of adults who point their fingers at him? Yeah, and, go, and they say you're supposed to do something important because of a blood test. You're important. You have to do this. Yeah. And I think the fundamental difference is that the original films are George Lucas going, "I don't know. I have something to say. I need to figure out what." Yeah, it sure. Is. Right. And and the Phantom Menace trilogy is um, a bunch of people going, "You're a genius. You made those movies that everyone loved. You have to keep on being a genius. You have to do this thing again." Yeah. And with those pressures and those expectations, he just sort of went crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, not to use the he word killed crazy killed a bunch loosely. of younglings. No, I, right, but that, but, I get the parallel you are drawing. But that he here. succumbed to the expectations. He, he felt well, heartbroken. He in a movie about the pressure lost. of expectations. Yes. And like, about how power corrupts. And they're not good movies, but they are kind of about that. They're they about, about expectations that. going wrong. They're very telling And they're films. about, like, you know, that you can't fight fate and if you do you know it's gonna fuck with you and he didn't know what he wanted to say anymore or if Georgie. he even had anything to say and now he doesn't get to make any more star wars movies look for all we've talked about him i i do i feel very deeply uh grateful to Me him too. and what he created love him and, and I, anytime i see him i feel a little pang and i do think he's a sweetie pie you know and oh, I, yeah. I feel bad like i feel bad for all the people out there including us who have shit on him for so much yeah. it's because he made things that we cared about so much but he's not a bad guy and we need to sort of rewrite that narrative yeah you i know? mean well i think 
there's it's just a complicated narrative and we just you know we're just part of it and like it's you know he's a it's, hurt man he's a scared man but he's like a confused it's man, also, but who isn't yeah but also he's just like one thing in this like giant monster he created that's like good and bad you know and he's just he's he, just he was swept a farm up in boy it. staring at the sunset <laughs> you're trying and too then he hard. had to kill his dad you know like it's all yeah, yeah no but i mean yeah i'm trying too hard but i think no that's, but i mean your general point is good right is, is well, pretty good what do you th- what do you say I say this is the end of our episode. I not do just too. the end of the episode. The end of me having to hear more about Star Wars. Uh, that's the real. That's the real story here. Well, except that tomorrow we're going to see the new movie, and then Friday. Yeah, but he's not going to be in I town. I didn't get tickets. I'll you. You guys will show up and do whatever the fuck you do. Yeah, he's just going to hit record. But Ben, but... you're forgetting. You're forgetting one thing. What? We got a holiday special. Oh, damn. God damn it. I, don't worry. I'm sure it's good. Ding, ding, ding. Oh. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. So close. As always. As Griffin, always. Will take us home. Because oh. I need to pee. I can't, a holiday special? A holiday special. Yeah, we'll wow. see you guys for the holiday special. We'll be coming around, out around uh, uh, Christmas. Force Awakens will be coming out. Podcast Awakens will be coming out on Monday. Yeah. And the holiday special, I believe, will come out on Thursday. Something like that. Oh, really? Or are we not going to just do it the next Monday? Yeah, well, no. We'll do it on. It'll come out Monday the 28th, probably, right? We'll see. It'll be coming Whatever. out soon. We'll Whatever. figure it. Have fun. Uh, but as always. As always. It's we, been a pleasure, guys. It's but. been a pleasure. Uh, as always, we love you, Jersey. Aww. Uh,